You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the NHL vacation for the All-Star festivities, which I don't think take place until uh, maybe Thursday through Saturday this weekend. Um, And the Bruins are off until... Uh, well into the first week of February. So we have a opportunity here for a mailbag episode, but uh, how are you two doing? I don't know if we have an opening shift for this episode, but just how are you guys doing in general? I'm doing fine. No, it's going to be nice. I have a couple days off later this week, which is nice. Get that little, little mid season break and then prepare for the stretch run. So um, yeah, look, looking forward to it. He's taking some maintenance time. Make sure he's right before the playoffs. Um, Got to make sure he doesn't making my making my trip little quick little trip down to a uh, Turks and Caicos like the players. You know, just, are you uh, n- nothing big? Are no, you? I, I wish because that was gonna be. I was gonna be pretty pissed, honestly. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm doing good. I don't think I have. I don't think we really have opening shifts besides. Just the fact that we've recently, since we recorded the last podcast, seen some dumb trade-off ideas that we will get into and that's not well, like that's not an opening shift that is a that is just like foreshadowing we're gonna get to that well i have i have, I have an opening shift for you the last the last time we spoke you kind of left us all on the edge of our seats like were you gonna get a steak and cheese were you gonna do something like what did you end up doing after after last episode um i got chicken wings Okay, what flavor? I didn't get steak and cheese. I got chicken wings. Um, well, that's, which, a bit of a, that's a bit of a letdown. I know. I'm sorry. I really had it. It was in my heart after what Scott said, but I just I didn't know where to get a good one. So, all right, all right. Yeah. I was hoping for something something better than that, Bridget. I'm really it's, sorry. It's, I'm sorry. It's what it is. It's what it is. We're recording at lunch. We're recording at a uh, lunchtime Tuesday, so this is this is bad start, guys. I. Now we're hungry again, huh? Yeah. Thanks, well, Brian. The good news is we only have a whole episode to go. Here. <laughs> yeah, we're only two minutes in. Uh, all right. Well, then let's just Third jump. mailbag question. I'm just going to be stuffing my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I know. And I feel like going forward, a lot of the mailbags might be food related because they're kind of reading the tea leaves and what we like to talk about. But the first couple of questions we got, ironically, were from Brian and Scott. And, you know. Yeah, I told I you guys know. to stop emailing us, okay? <laughs> we can't make this up. It's just every week there's, you know, Scott and I just keep writing into the to the to the podcast, asking questions we're too afraid to ask when we're we, we need a Bridget Bridget to email. It. I know it's going to be another Bridget listen. Please don't, please don't see this as an opportunity to make a fake Twitter account that has my name. Please don't. Well, now you just gave him the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don, Don Zweeney's taking notes. Yeah, he's like, I know, I know the next burner. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a good mailbag because it's it's as we've talked about, it's just past the midway point of the season, NHL season, All Star break. So a good chance for everybody to kind of take a step back and ask the questions that they're they're looking for. The first couple have to do with some potential 
personnel decisions and moves the Bruins could potentially make at some point this year. So we'll start off hot with Brian. Um, and obviously it's spelled B-R-I-A-N, which means you can trust him. Anybody who spells it with a Y, you cannot trust. Um, so he says, you guys all seem kind of stumped in the last mailbag when someone asked about how to replace Lucic's role in physicality. I get it. You're not allowed to say goon, but my buddy had an idea for someone who could fit the bill. Uh, Minnesota wild man, Patrick Maroon. He has the 15 points that Brian suggested Lucic may have had, had he not, you know, whatever been suspended um, or whatever, uh, leave of absence and Minnesota uh, are barely in the wild card race. So he may be available. Um, he goes on to say the wild could be interested in a year and a half of Lena Solmark. Their goaltending is atrocious this season. Um, uh, uh, you know, would they want to trade Maroon, a first rounder and one of their best prospects for all Mark, um, Bridget and Scott, what do you make of this? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, this is sort of exactly the kind of player to target for cheap, physical veteran presence on that fourth line. Obviously Maroon has won three cups, uh, you know, Bruins fans know, unfortunately, he was on that St. Louis team in 2019 and then went to Tampa and won the next two after that. Um, you know, yeah, he, uh, Brian, the emailer, Brian, mentioned what he's done this season. Like, he's still been a useful player, 16 points, 16 now in 49 games. He's playing almost 13 minutes a game. Um, you know, he probably wouldn't play that much here, but – he could easily be a fourth liner who gets eight, nine, 10 minutes um, can still chip in a little bit and obviously still physical can drop the gloves if needed. So I imagine he'd come pretty cheap. I think the wild only gave up a, a seventh rounder to get him. He was one of the, now that was in part because Tampa had cap issues and just couldn't keep him. But um, yeah, this is, you know, sort of, I think, the exact kind of player to to target if you're looking to add that element to to the fourth line. Yeah, the, I, I don't – I mean, obviously targeting Maroon, he's proven to be the kind of guy you want on your, your team during a playoff run. Um, he's had that success. He's a pest. He's tough. He can provide offense. Uh, my only issue is I think you could give up, like you said, less. I don't think – this is like a, a trade that you would want to move one of your goalies for. Um, I, oh, to God, me, no. no, to me, that doesn't make any sense at all. So if you can move like a later round draft pick or if they want a prospect, like reasonably, not like a Lysel or, or Lori or anything like that, I think a deal could get made. And, and if you want to talk about where the wild are in the standings, they are kind of far outside that wild card picture right now. Um, just because of how many teams are right in that cluster, it seems like it'll be hard to, to jump out for them and, and to, to steal one of those last wild card spots because there's, it's like five other teams ahead of them right now. I think it's more one, two, three, four. There's four teams a ahead of them for a wild card spot. Five. It, it is five, Bridget. It is five. Yeah. Okay, so, so like they're only seven points out, but yeah, they have to jump five other teams. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It's like, okay, yeah, point-wise they could probably do it, but that that means that all the other teams have to lose too and and you're probably not going to see that happen. So, yeah, they're probably sellers. 
um, which makes the Wild an interesting team to talk about, like the pieces that they may, might be willing to move. Yeah, and and uh, Brian, the emailer Brian, also mentioned um, that the bonus in acquiring Patrick Maroon is that the Bruins could sell tickets to see Jack attempt to apologize to him um, because of the whole drama they had last year or the year before. I was um, going to say uh, he'd be like, Boston is on his no trade list because he doesn't want to come see Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they'd be like, they become like best friends, you know? You, it's like when you. Yeah, they go eat pizza together every Thursday. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. God. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, look it up, but I'm sure you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a whole, it, I mean, it was a pretty big storyline. It was like, we, I think we dedicated like... part, certainly half of the podcast episode to it yeah it was it was like reported in like usa today and it was like it was like national news for that yeah and then again when they when he came back to town it was it was a whole thing yeah because yeah because jack tried well did apologize to him tried to apologize to him tried to like talk to him in the in the locker room that that conversation with people who were there lasted like 10 minutes but it was basically like all Jack just trying to apologize and, and then Maroon kind of went off on him. So yeah, there, that, that would be a, a fascinating bonus for sure. From, from, um, from foes to friends, you know, it's a tale as old as time. Or, or you just hear Jack just rip them every game. Just, just like finding. Yeah. <laughs> Could be fun. Could be fun either way. Um, Just to give my two cents, nothing different from what you guys said. I think, you know, there's probably a lot of Bruins fans that would look at Pat Maroon and say, well, oh, he's, he's, he's worthless. And, you know, he's slow and he sucks and look at his analytics. I'm, I'm sure that those people are out there and they're probably out there in spades, but there's definitely uh, an element of physicality and durability, experience, toughness that is needed in the postseason. And if you disagree, then like Scott mentioned, you know, Go ask the 2019 Blues and the and the Tampa Bay Lightning the following couple of years, you know if they if they could have used um, that on their team and they would say we absolutely could have and we did and that's why he was on there and so you know you can't really argue with success you, you, you need a player like that in my opinion at some point even if he's not an everyday guy in the lineup like you have to be able to plug him in and I think people yeah. understand that in Boston because Sean Thorin like when the Bruins went on their run. They had a guy that wasn't the most skilled guy, um, but Sean Thornton was still an important part of that that lineup. I know he didn't play every single game in the playoffs, but people remember that team for having tough guys on it, not just you know, not just Bergeron and you know the skilled guys. So anyway, I think it's an understood concept in Boston for sure that even if you didn't like him when he played against you, you'd like him if he's on your team. I think Pat Maroon is one of those guys. Yeah, and I, I just want to reiterate, reiterate, like, I'm good with it as long as he's cheap. I know Kevin Weeks mentioned him on ESPN, uh, like, last week. They were doing kind of a trade rumors segment. Um, and he said he doesn't think it would cost much more than the seventh that Minnesota gave up. That I'm fine with. If you get him for a sixth or seventh, good. If, it, if all of a sudden there's, like, a Pat Maroon bidding war and it's going to cost, like, a fourth-round pick up, I'm not doing that. Like it, not going into the mid rounds or anything like that. Um, or it could be, it could be potentially part of a package, which uh, I think ties into the question we can get to next from, from Scott, Scott, the emailer. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, yeah. Um, Brian and Scott, which is huge, huge wild fans. Um, the upcoming trade window. This is from Scott. Uh, realistically, the bees need a sturdy and gritty left shot demon. Forbert's lingering injury. Grizzlick's injury history. I like Jacob Middleton, 2.45 million uh, with two years left. What would it really take to make a deal to bring Middleton to Boston? I like the idea of the following pairings, McAvoy and Lindholm, uh, Carlo and Middleton, Shattenkirk, Watherspoon, Lorai, 7th D. Carlo and Middleton could do damage against other teams' top lines, wear them down over seven games. Um, what do you guys think about this? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another, another target I would like. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be available. Um, again, the wild are not clear sellers yet. And Jake Middleton does have another year after this. So he might, he's 28 years old. So he might be a player that is in their plans beyond this year. Um, he's playing top four minutes for, for them, which I honestly, I think he's kind of a fringe top four defenseman, but pairing him with someone in the Bruins top four, um, I think, you know, they can help elevate his game. He doesn't have to drive the pairing. Ideally he'd be a third liner on like a true cup team, but he could play in the Bruins top four, I think. Um, but yeah, sort of a, a player who helps bring some of what they've missed on the, on the blue line this year. He he's physical. He's, he's generally been a defense first guy, but he actually does have 18 points this season. So he, he has been chipping in offensively too. Um, you can move the puck. He's not like the greatest skater in the world, but, uh, yeah, he kind of he does a little bit of everything. He kills penalties. So. Again, it would come down to the cost. You know, I, I if the Wild are expecting to be paid like he's a legit stud top four defenseman, I think that's probably going to get a little too expensive. But if he if it's something less than that, then um, yeah, that it would make a lot of sense to me. Well, it's an affordable contract. Like that two point, what'd you say five is more affordable than. Uh, what they have now. So I, I, my question is, Grizzly is Grizzly like someone that you're trying to trade? Is that why Grizzly's out of these D pairs, or is it like assuming he's injured, or or just assuming that he's not good enough to be in the top seven guys on D in this situation? I guess that's a question for for Scott, the email or not necessarily, but Scott, you can answer if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I get you could easily just less Grizzly like, as the seventh D there. And like, maybe he's part of a, a third pairing rotation with chat and Kirk and Wotherspoon. Uh, you know, another part of this equation is like, what's going to happen. Derek forward is yeah. because if he goes on LTIR and like his season's over, that is 3 million more dollars that the Bruins would have to work with. Um, if that doesn't happen and his injury is short of term, and they think he's going to be back, 
then you do have to free up money somewhere. And if you're trading for a defenseman, presumably you you might be moving one out in, in another deal. Yeah, I think Middleton is definitely a he's he's the kind of defenseman I think you you'd like to add. Um if you're in a Bruins position, I think he's definitely a fringe uh third pair D pair, uh third D pair, second D pair defenseman. I think what makes him a top four guy is the is the incredible beer league mustache he has going. And I, I don't think you can teach that. You, you can either grow it or you and, can't. And the teeth. I don't know if you've seen him smile, but he's missing at least one. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. He 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 he, look, he looks like he just, you know, came off a, you know, a 11 p.m. game in Hockey Town on a, on a Tuesday <laughs> night. So, like, that's the kind of guy I want in the playoffs. I don't know about anybody else. So, I, I like Scott's suggestion. And, and, uh, and absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I um, just, I just wonder, like, all right, so if we're talking about like a package deal, like if you want, say you want Maroon, like you want them both, what's the package then? Because that becomes not just like a seventh round draft pick. There's there's going to be more involved if you're trying to get two, two guys that can, you know, be impact players for you in the playoffs. So obviously, we're still not looking at a, something huge, but, you know, would they want grizzly back in return like would they want to say if he's healthy like would that be something that'd be worth doing i don't think they'd want grizzly or forward because those are pending free agents and that yeah. doesn't do That's anything true. for minnesota so no it doesn't so um they they gave up so in order to get milton they gave up capo kakinen and a fifth round pick and kakinen was sort of an i don't know an established backup potential starter but certainly not like a bona fide, you know, starting NHL goalie. Um, so I don't know. You're talking about maybe a, a roster contributor and in, in a mid round pick. Like, does does that get it done? Or it, it, it all depends on what Minnesota is prioritizing, right? Because they don't they don't seem like a team that's going into a full rebuild. So do they want? Would they rather have a roster player or a prospect who's close to contributing than? Um, than a high draft pick like that might that might be a better match for the Bruins who obviously don't have many draft picks to work with in the first place I mean the good the good news is if you're the wild like or if you're the Bruins and and Minnesota's not wanting to Middleton and Maroon if they part with them that's not jeopardizing their long-term you know plans as a franchise right Um, so I think the question is like other contenders are going to probably want similar um, additions at the deadline. And what separates the Bruins from, from those other potential suitors. Um, And like what I like about the idea of Middleton and Maroon in particular is because like we've talked about how the Bruins could use a, another top six forward in theory, but, and I don't think that's, I still think that's like, a, a really solid middle six contributor, I think is something the Bruins should still have in their mind, but they don't need this and we'll get to it, but they don't need to, to, you know, um, throw away what they have right now with this team. And, and, and by bringing in Middleton and Maroon, you wouldn't be doing that. And, and Minnesota, like if you're looking at, if you're the Bruins looking at a Florida Panthers potential matchup in the postseason, Maroon and Middleton are the exact type of players that you want 
on your on your team in a seven game series against the Panthers because they like to get involved in between the whistles and whether the Bruins like it or not, whether the Bruins engage in that stuff or not, it's gonna happen, right? So who do you want to be taking those face washes, McAvoy or Middleton? Because I guess what <laughs> Middleton will give him right back and Maroon will too. And the Wild and the Panthers had a pretty spirited game down in Sunrise a few weeks back, and. I just think that sometimes you do have to fight fire with fire. I, I I think it's inevitable, especially when you're looking at who's in front of you in the like if it was a bunch of Toronto Maple Leafs in the Eastern Conference, that's one thing. But the Florida Panthers exist and they have an identity, and you're gonna have to go up against it at some point, I think, if you want to get to where you want to go to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like it sometimes I think you know the the physicality and, and that kind of stuff can get overrated or guys willing to drop the gloves. Like, I don't think it's the most important thing in the world, but there's, there's really no denying that like the teams that have won the cup have tended to have at least one or two of those guys. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Vegas as an exception last year, like they, they weren't really dropping the gloves. They weren't overly physical, but they, they at least had guys who, you know, were hard in forecheck or could stand up to hits. And, that's the other part of this is like, we're not just talking about guys who fight like Middleton plays a physical game that stands up to four checks. Um, he's been pretty healthy. I think he's played every game this year, played 79 last year. Um, and Maroon brings it on the four check again. Sure. Absolutely. Not the fastest skater, not the most fleet of foot, but he still gets in on the four check and can dish some hits out without just like chasing them and taking himself out of the play. 